for years and years and years, way back even into childhood, one of these unanswerable questions that I would often zone out and kind of ponder on is, and I, and I say this right now, and if anyone you know has a, a medical kind of background, please do weigh in on this. If, okay, given given the circumstances of a, of a perfectly clean cut, right, of a one hit kind mm. of bang, surgical, beautifully clean uh, operation, sure. yeah. for how long, for how long does consciousness or a sense of kind of the self exist in a decapitated human head? Oh, that's a horrifying question. Isn't it? <laughs> it's a horrifying question. So I mean, the look. idea... Because I've always read those things about how there were various people who tried to test that out, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people. I'm not an expert in the field of decapitation or the history of consciousness yeah. thereof. Yeah. But I have definitely heard those stories of someone being like, okay, I'm getting guillotined, mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to try to blink yep. however yep. many times. I mean, there's, right? there's, there's lots of kind of, there's nothing that you would even remotely call evidence, right? There's lots of really apocryphal right. kind of old 1700s sure. uh, passed down through generations. And you're right, a lot of it is from France. A lot of it is kind of thanks to good old madame guillotine um uh, you know <laughs> well it's the cleanest kind of cut you can imagine right if we're talking about what you were saying like this is just the short sharp shock or mm -hmm. whatever of just straight yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that as far as we can imagine is the cleanest you know sort of a lightsaber that you could see imagine if, someone if there was some kind of you know medical practitioner not necessarily troubled with morality i'm sure the technology exists to go even clearer man i'm sure there's some kind of laser or some <laughs> manner of decapitron that you could decapitron. put yourself in i like that idea but it's i can't think of a single more macabre and solitary and horrific couple of moments than the realization, okay, this is this is it. I I I'm ahead now. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> and, and, and just ahead. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, what would the question I would ask is, what is it that would kill you? Obviously, the fact about your fucking head cut off would kill you. But yeah, just in total. Yes. It's the head not being attached to the body. Yeah, that's yeah, cause yeah. of death. But it is it is it blood loss? Is it oxygen death? Is it shock? Is it uh, you know, which and then one... whichever one of those things, yes. which one of those when it stops, yes. is the consciousness mm -hmm. stopper. Yep. I did read something about how, um, in terms of like heart attacks and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, for one, there have been people who have had heart attacks mm -hmm. uh, and were dead, yep. you know, heart wise, yep. and they were conscious of what was happening as they were being mm -hmm. resuscitated, as mm -hmm. they were being revived. Well, yeah. Which is, ah, uh, that's crazy. Um, but so death is not necessarily what stops consciousness certainly. on that certainly. Certainly. level, certainly. right? Yeah. And that even, some I was reading something that was saying that studies showed that um, you could, like, after a heart stopped, uh, there was brain activity for, like, yes. 30 minutes. Yes. Yes. And we can't know what was happening yep. in there. But that's exactly my point. That is exactly my point. Not what only a horror show. Completely, completely. You know, physical death, externally uh, displayed signs of life, is one thing entirely. But like you said, electrochemical activity, 
little neurons and synapses, ping, 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 that stuff. I am convinced, I am absolutely convinced that you're in there for a while after your noggin has been knocked off, right? But here's, here's the thing that really, that I really, I keep coming back to that thought for all of that great stuff, right? But the killer for me, the real kicker that I love about that question is there's only one way to find out for sure. And that's, that troubles me as someone who wants to understand everything that like uh, yeah. literally yep. there's only one way to find out and you can only know for like seconds yep. or maybe don't tell 30 anyone. minutes in the case of a heart attack. You'll never be able, you're just like, huh, so there it is. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Still in here. That's, that's neat. <laughs> doop, doop, doop. Doop, 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 doop. Wish, I, wish I could share. <laughs> <laughs> just I can't I don't know that would I mean that's got to be the most traumatic possible thing to experience is yes. like literally being just sitting inside of your which also is why I'm terrified of comas oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have this fear mm. that people stay in comas for like 30 years mm. and they're just in there like come on mm. yeah, come on, yeah. Just... see also you know horrific things like locked in syndrome uh you know, where... what's locked in syndrome? Locked in syndrome. I'm, uh, there is, I'm sure there's a there's a, a Latin name for it, but what's commonly known as locked in syndrome sure. is after an accident, uh, cranial trauma, for example. Externally, a person will look paralyzed, but internally, oh, no. uh, the, mm. the the brain is functioning absolutely fine, but unable to move. Oh no! Um, there's a movie I'm going to recommend to you, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. It's a French movie. Um, about an artist. <laughs> I own that movie. Someone bought it for me in 2009 yep. and I have never watched it. That deals with locked-in syndrome and puts it way, way, way better than I ever could. Okay. I mean, I am not certain whether I actually want to watch that or not because yeah. trapped things are amongst my my phobias. Yes, you know, yes. Being trapped in any possible way is a huge fear for me, hence the boat yeah. thing. Boat call. Uh, <laughs> Sophie, I, I just learned that that's called aquatic horror, by the way. That <laughs> not, is the official me, genre name. I'm never going to call it anything <laughs> other than boatcore. No, no, I like boatcore better, but I'm just saying I did recently learn uh, it's called aquatic horror, uh, as I was reading an article about an upcoming aquatic horror film. Uh, so if, if boatcore is aquatic say... horror, surely that would also encompass, um, what, what's the, the one where they're in the water? Open water? Open water, that's the one. Because that's not boat yeah. core, yet they're both aquatic horror. I that's think we true. need to be a little bit more regimented here. I'm pulling, I'm pulling. Yeah. You know. Okay, I'll take that. I, I'm I'm for it. I, you know I love a good hyper-specific genre. There you go. Uh, but the idea of being trapped in your body in yeah. any way yep. is horrifying. Uh, and at least in the case of a um, guillotine... Mm. It would be short-lived. But then again, who knows? Maybe that feels like a century yeah. in there. I don't know. I don't know. How does time work when you don't have a head? Or I, when you are a head? I'm not sure I'm, I, I mean what I'm about to say, right? And if challenged, I'll probably roll oh back on it. But okay. what I feel as though we need to answer these questions, like I said earlier on, is somebody independently funded with no moral compass at all uh, to just, you know, maybe get some volunteers in and, and answer these questions once and for all. It's kind of like when people do stuff like the guy who cooked his foot into tacos, right? Like, you know, like it's not entirely an ethical endeavor, but it was a bunch of consenting adults who yeah. decided to eat his foot. Okay. Yeah. In the, you know, we haven't quite hit the era where 
euthanasia is acceptable yet, but maybe at the point at which we finally have evolved to accept, you know, end-of-life dignity, mm. then maybe you can choose to get your head lasered off for science. Is this, I mean, is this what 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 could push medical science forward, maybe? Uh, should there be, you know, obviously, you know, you can donate organs. Could you donate right. your conscious, still-living self to test? I mean, I'm not talking like shampoo. I oh, mean, like no, really, you just really... brought a whole other... You brought a whole other question here because I did read something about how it's unlikely to ever happen, but there was talk of trying to figure out how to do a head transplant. Yes, I read and that. I read idea, up on this earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of then when I read it, this didn't even dawn on me because I was just thinking about like the practical element of someone walking around with like a Frankenstein head, oh, yeah. like just yeah. just straight stitches around the Bolts. neck. <laughs> but I didn't even think about the fact that it's like who's that? So that's their consciousness mm-hmm. on someone's body i don't know why i was thinking of it in reverse yeah but that's but is, it, is it a head transplant or is it a body transplant but... it is it totally yeah. is mars attracts but who am i then who am i then i'm sure there's a but i was thinking of it as a head transplant and therefore the body benefits from the head but that doesn't oh, okay. make any sense it's a body transplant <laughs> and the head benefits from the body very much so oh man it's a lot to think about and and trust me i've spent a lot of years coming at this from every angle um i'd love to know uh i'd love to know and if, if, if you're somebody who can help me out with that then do please hit us up and you know worst comes to worst mark i'm willing to guillotine you for science thank you that's really really sweet um i think that might be my horror fetish in fact my favorite genre of horror movie is boats oh i found a feather in my garden today must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Cory, exactly. movies are too goddamn long, right? One <laughs> hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me now. I'm like, so this is, I'm, I'm fucking in. It's Jack of All Graves, episode two, everybody. Amazing. We're both doing Kermit arms over here <laughs> for the record because we are so excited. Yep. Yep. about this mark Pretty, it's been a week hasn't it it's it, it's it's been a week and uh yeah a, a massively massively heartening week um and massive thanks to anyone who's yes. got in touch uh in any way shape or form anyone who's shared what we did in week one anyone who's had anything to say about what we did in week one who has helped spread the word uh or given us a little bit of reinforcement along the way sincere and heartfelt thanks Yeah, I've been pretty floored by Mm. the amount of positive feedback that we've gotten and just people taking the time to actually give feedback. I don't think I can stress enough, like, how much that means. Mm. You know, just that simple act of, like, saying something to us, taking 30 seconds out of your day to say something, that really, I think, sort of made our week in various ways, let alone the ways in which people shared uh, and talked about us and told their friends, Mm. and it's just been... Just been very cool to get such good feedback on our yes, first been, episode. So it's been thank terrific. you to everyone. Uh, and it's got for us that. back uh, here to do episode two. So yes, to do episode two. If it had been, you know, everybody just was like, "This is terrible." We would we wouldn't be back. We'd no, I would have left Twitter. Lick I our wounds and leave. <laughs> I haven't finished my free trial of our hosting software yet, so it just you know I'd be like, okay. <laughs> We're good. That's it's been real, Mark. It's yep. been fun talking to you. All the best. Uh, but yeah, but today, as <laughs> a result of the feedback that we've received from people, we have a very special episode. Uh, this came from uh, a good man named Kevin, 
who uh, commented on our first episode in which we had asked, you know, what scares you, Mm. dear listener? What is it that kind of gets your heart racing and whatnot? And we want to talk about everything that has scared anyone ever. And Kevin, an American evangelical, brought up the film A Thief in the Night and his fear of the rapture. Uh, and if you listened last week, you know that Mark doesn't know a heck of a lot about American evangelicalism. And it dawned on me that this is the most frightening bit of mm. theology, eschatology in the American evangelical uh, wheelhouse. And this film was responsible for nightmares for many people that I grew up with. And so it seemed an opportune time to truly introduce you, Mark, to yeah. the uh, rapture. Well, I, I feel I know 500% more about evangelicalism today than I did this time last week. Uh, and I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm stunned. Granted, caveat, I'm basing all of this on my viewing of A Thief in the Night this weekend, right? Um, do you hate me for making you watch that? Look, no, I do not. I because I've learned, right? I've learned, and learning is 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 always good. Uh, yeah. but knowing God, is half the battle. Damn, right? yes, yes, it is. Know <laughs> your enemy, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, firstly, yeah, I ra- want to hear. I want to hear your just straight out the gate. I think everyone would like to hear a your thoughts on this film that gave so many of my brethren uh nightmares and yeah. b what do you think you know now yeah. about evangelicalism i to answer your second question first right the 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 one question i want to ask about evangelicalism is are you fucking kidding me is this real is this a thing <laughs> it feels ridiculous it mark really and does. i have to say unfortunately uh you did not get time to watch left behind mm. which i think is even more of a distillation i'm gonna of all of the, oh yeah you gotta of all of the bananasness of the theology and of the like politics behind it uh in a thief in the night and in left behind the mm. villain is the un yeah uh, <laughs> more on that the, in a bit yeah and the <laughs> anyone who would use the government to get peace and justice <laughs> I loved enemies, it. it took the like, un like 15 seconds to assemble <laughs> A totalitarian government to bring about, you know, the the end of days. I love it. I absolutely love it. But, yep. right, so uh, going back to one of my long-standing issues with, with religion and Christianity in particular, right, is that with the one hand, uh, we are told that God is love. We are told that God is, is, is accepting of all. Come to me, come to me. And then the other hand, this motherfucker is going to come as a thief in the night, right? And if yeah. you were good, you can come. And if you were bad, fuck you. That doesn't, to me sound and it's not it's not if you were good or bad too it's worse than that because if you noticed in uh thief in the night Mm -hmm. the thing that every christian had to worry about after seeing this was not just that you hadn't been good enough or been a christian Mm. but that you were the wrong kind of christian so christians get left behind too that girl (laughs) who's the main character of the thief in the night gets left behind because she's the wrong kind of christian (laughs) Fucking hell. I mean, just, <laughs> and and if the fish market combo who opened the movie up, right? You know those guys who sing the song at the beginning? I wish yeah. we'd all been ready. The fish market combo. Yeah. If they're the right kind, lads, you know what I mean? All the best. I mean, to qu- let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. <laughs> 
Okay, but let's um, contextualize this. So the beginning of uh, Thief in the Night, if you've never seen this film, which is from the early 70s, mm. uh, this, is, this is a Christian horror film about what will happen if you don't accept evangelical Jesus. Mm. Uh, and in the beginning of this film, you have like this Bible study happening. <clears throat> Pardon me. You have this Bible study happening, and then this worship team who gets up and sings the very famous Larry Norman song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready, which ah, is essentially is... about... Yeah, that, that's uh, a famous song. I didn't realize I'd, I'd not heard it, it before. Is. That moving yeah. rendition by the Fish Market combo. Yes. And they, these guys, I mean, the way you're looking at this, these nerds uh, are singing this. But if you contextualize this within the 1970s, sure. these were the cool kids. And mm. so throughout this movie, you're watching uh, this combination of like all these people look just like any hippie. Right. Yeah. But some of them are evangelicals who are mm -hmm. always sort of preaching in part of their lives and then these other ones um are you know either the wrong kind of christian or a little more deviant and whatnot but mm -hmm. this was an important part of the evangelical movement in america was well, that this movie thing called that movie jesus movement okay well the, the what they represent mm -hmm. was this thing called the jesus movement or okay. the jesus people the jesus freaks and it started where I lived up in Northern California, in San Francisco, and in Mill Valley, California, uh, with this mix of the Haight-Ashbury hippies and the uh, conservative Baptist church in Mill Valley, wow. which was always a weird standout in Mill Valley because there's not a lot of churches or anything like that in mm. that area. Mm. Um, but they sort of joined forces and became part of this movement while at the same time, in the place I went to college, in Costa Mesa, California, the mm -hmm. Calvary Chapel was creating this big sort of uh, this movement that used contemporary music oh, and wow. was like really speaking to people on their level while also being extremely conservative mm. in their theology. Mm -hmm. So these guys who look and you're like, God, these nerds, they're actually this symbol of the cool kids who managed to bring thousands and thousands and thousands of people in like mass baptisms in Corona Del Mar and things like that because people saw kids like them speaking to them. Mm -hmm. So it actually makes this movie cooler mm. to a non-Christian in the early 70s yeah. than you would think. Yeah, I, I mean, I get all that. I mean, Jenny, yeah, the, the, the kind of girl who makes the, the move of, uh, right at the beginning, going back to, uh, to, to, to hear more about Jesus while her friends go off and have a helicopter ride with the guy in his bitchin' mustache. It, <laughs> the, oh, the, boy, yeah. The thing has... The thing has the vibe of a PSA, right? The thing has the vibe mm -hmm. of a of a kind of a. This is what over here. Um, uh, there's the the infamous um public service information films about you know don't go into electricity substations if your ball goes into a substation don't climb in and get it or your legs will catch on fire. And we would see these. Was this as, a huge issue that was happening at some point? Uh, I was led to believe it would be huger than it was. Um, but these were films that were, that were designed to terrify you, right? You'd see the kid yeah. climbing over the fence. He would get an electric shock. He would catch on fire. Don't do this. Overwhelmingly, this movie had that very same vibe to me. It was, it was to, I guess, was the, was the intent to scare you straight, I suppose. So these people are left behind, which is a thing that all these kids are worried about. But think about this. Last week, we talked about your children yeah. and whether or not you would show them yeah. certain horror movies yeah. at their delicate age. I had sent you a blog from my friend Will that he yeah. had written about I read it. I read it. seeing this mm. in Sunday school, right? 
they're showing this as a horror movie to yeah. kids in Sunday school yeah. in order to scare them into accepting Jesus. So, right? And I can't stress enough that as, you know, I disagree with evangelical theology and all this stuff in general, mm. but I do feel it's worth noting for, you know, again, we've talked about how we don't like to shit on people's beliefs and of course, whatnot. Of course. This is not the broader Christianity. In fact, if you even look at Wikipedia, it says this is an American evangelical idea. Oh, I so see. This, I is, see. this is not... How people, this is not really from the Bible unless you're kind of looking at it through a QAnon lens, mm -hmm. but it is what American evangelicals largely believe. Which speaks directly to some of the questions I had while watching it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you can come at that movie and I guess the broader movement from a few different angles. Are those making that movie, are those spreading that message, do they believe what they are telling people? Or is it, is it a means of control? Is it something that they would love to have kids believing to keep them on the straight and narrow? Because both of those, both of those uh, kind of um, possibilities are equally batshit. If you've got yeah. level-headed, quote-unquote, grown-ups earnestly trying to get the youth ready for the day when they're going to disappear in the, into the sky, that's fucked up. But on the other hand, if... Those creating this, and it's propaganda, let's be clear, that's propaganda. If those creating that propaganda don't believe it, they just want the kids to believe it because uh, uh, as, as a means of exercising control, then that's even more sinister. Nothing about this is, is, you know, is, is, <laughs> yeah, is on the up and up. It doesn't read great no matter how you look at it. No. I will say as someone who, Mark, I read 11 and a half left behind books. Okay. 11 and a half. Eventually right. they got a little too boring for me to continue reading. But this is a thing that Left Behind I is a series of books on some level. Okay. That Left Behind is a series of books about the rapture mm -hmm. um, and has informed a lot of people's theology about the rapture in America as well. Mm -hmm. Because again, this isn't really in the Bible. So it's basically a mix of like Calvary Chapel and denominations like that right. promoting it. And then books and media like A Thief in the Night and Left Behind being the thing that then drags this on for people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I kind of like it made sense like you can convince yourself of anything really um and it seemed bizarre but at the same time i don't think that people i think control is an element of why a lot of things are the way they are especially Certainly. in evangelicalism but i also think that in general the people who are preaching this stuff do believe it as well okay uh you know i mean they're indoctrinated in the same ways that yeah, of course. We've of course, been indoctrinated, right? So mm. it's a cycle of this. I think they do believe that it is true and this is actually what's going to happen. And they go to school and they learn these kinds of things over time. So it seems crazy and everything, but it is something that, you know, you can kind of manage to make make sense in your head yeah. in yeah. some way. and to Or to if you're taught to have faith in things, too, if it doesn't mm. make sense to you, you're just like... Mm. Well, uh, it's beyond my understanding, but that's God. So, you know, I mean, uh, that's modern, where it comes from. You know, you, you you see modern readings of hell, whereby kind of current clergy say that, all right, oh, look, hell isn't really a place. It's a, it's right. a, it's a metaphor. It means kind of spiritual death. It's, eh, there's no real hell. It's not a physical place. But these fuckers are not dealing with the rapture in a metaphorical or a, or a kind no. of a conceptual 100 sense. 100% literal. <laughs> they are and physically. And they would deal with hell in a 100% literal way. Yeah. 
Uh, in fact, a, a very popular um, uh, pastor named Rob Bell came out with a book some 12 years ago uh, called Love Wins that basically mm -hmm. was like, I don't think hell is like a real physical place. And yeah, yeah. he was destroyed, destroyed wow. <laughs> by the mainstream sort of evangelical motors of things, which I think that idea is a little more popular amongst, you mm. know, progressive Christians at this point. Um, but these ideas literally gave people nightmares. And that's what my friend Will's post was about. Um, and what I remember my roommate when I moved to Oregon after college, she had talked about how, you know, she would um, wake up in the morning and if her parents had gone to run an errand or something yeah. like that, she yeah. would think that she'd been left behind. Um, and most of my friends who grew up in evangelicalism, especially in Calvary Chapel evangelicalism, which is the denomination that, yeah. uh, you know, this Jesus people movement and whatnot came out of, uh -huh. they really, they had, A Thief in the Night was the ultimate nightmare yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. girl who's the lead in this just, yeah. I mean, you got to oh, give her credit. It. You Absolutely. feel her. She sells it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> feel her horror. You know, we said, you know, a few moments ago that, look, all right, maybe through the, for the, the 2020 prism there's not much really horrifying in that film. Bullshit. I mean, the the, the more it goes on, you the, the commitment. There's a, a a little kind of section in the last third where a little girl wakes up and, and thinks her mother has been raptured, and it's just shot after shot of this girl scream, scream, screaming, screaming, screaming. It's it is it is it's chilling. Yeah. Um, it is. And then the crazy thing about that is it forecasted what was going to happen to children that watched this movie because. What happens to that girl is then she accepts Christ as a, yeah. you know, as a result of this. Like, oh, yeah. well, if we don't want this to happen in real life, yeah. you better, you know, you yeah. better accept Jesus. And that Again, was exactly that what kids kind of who watched it. it. Mm. Oh, yeah. One, it's a very much, especially because there's long sermons in this as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, there's some all. parts of it where you're like, yeah. am I like physically at church right now? Because he has been preaching for a very long time. Let's I, move I, on with the story. I felt myself getting converted two thirds of the way in. I'm not gonna lie. I had to take a break. Had to pause it. You know, um, just slap myself around a little bit. Yeah, just you know, you don't want to. Don't Oof. let them get in your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, from <laughs> they a, from basically a... got those little swirly things to hypnotize you. You know, <laughs> yeah, white noise. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. There, there is some some fun stuff directorially going on in that film. I mean, there's, yeah. all right, fair enough. Or is it 73, 74? But there's, there's mm -hmm. lots of fun stuff happening in it. Um, uh, kind of slow uh, fades from one shot into something uh, significant in the other shot. Uh, like a, 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 a helicopter fades into a shot of a, of a cricket, which is really interesting. Um, they clearly yeah. put, some, put some thought into it. It isn't just a kind of a, um, it isn't yes, it's propaganda, but it's propaganda that somebody has really worked hard on. They've given yeah, it I think shot. I mentioned to you before one of the things that I think aids in the the horror of this film too is the editing and oh, this yeah, sort yeah, of frenetic yeah, yeah. editing style where yeah. everything is like sort of a jump cut mm. in a lot of these scenes where you're just kind of this um, like the dialogue is a little stilted at times because they literally just like yeah. cut between people. Yeah. There's no overlap in yeah. you know and it's you always see two who's people, speaking. Uh, two people in one conversation will have wildly different kind of ambient noise behind yes. them as well. Brrr, yeah. Like in the middle, yeah. in the middle, in the middle <laughs> really of, of, of a sentence. It really throws off. Yeah, it throws you off when you're watching it, which I think that unsettlingness yeah. to it, 
I think of, so, you know, and I know because I made you watch this, you didn't get around to Fantastic Planet this week, but this is the kind of thing that I think often happens when you watch something from the 70s. Yes. Uh, is that there's an element of scariness to it mm. that wasn't even the point at the time, but yeah. not being in that time, now oh, you're, you're hyper aware and it's super unsettling. Yeah. To watch those kinds of techniques being used. Yep. That no, that's, maybe that's, that's... is poor filmmaking. It's, you know. <sighs> Look, context is king, right? Context is yep. everything. Mm -hmm. And the movie that I watched there in 2020 is not the same movie that the audience watched in 1973. I exactly. come at it with a completely different, uh, you know, bag of, of, of different layers of context, uh, which just didn't exist back then. So, yeah, stuff that I found creepy as hell. And I did. There was so much of it that was creepy as hell. I've got to talk about how it didn't escape my attention that the quote-unquote big bad of the movie wasn't the rapture, wasn't being left behind. It was the UN, man. Yep, the you know, UN. The symbol of everything that, that was left behind, the symbol of everything that's going to orchestrate our slow march into oblivion was an organization of unity, of planetary unity. What's up with that? And this is also the villain of Left Behind, okay. if you watch the 2000 version as opposed okay. to the 2014 version. Is that one with Nick Cage? No, that's not the one with Nick Cage. The Nick Cage one is the 2014 one. And okay, I will okay. say the reason I considered being like, oh, watch the 2014 one, because at least it's like a standard bad movie and not yeah, just yeah, yeah, like yeah. the kind, like the level of bad as 2000 is. Uh -huh. But I watched it again. I'm like, this isn't an evangelical movie. The 2014 Left Behind treats the rapture like any sort of apocalyptic movie would treat say a mayan prophecy coming true or nostradamus mm. you know something like that it's kind yep. of it's not preachy it doesn't really have evangelical values to it for example the main character in left behind ray or one of the main characters uh is uh cheating on his wife with a flight okay. attendant okay and if you watch the 2000 version of this like basically it's because his wife has become a christian and is driving everyone crazy trying to proselytize to them all the time i see the 2014 version actually sympathizes with ray like uh -huh. yeah I'm yeah that would be yeah, you're like, that would be super frustrating. And Nicolas Cage's character is actually very sympathetic in that mm. way, where it's like... That's, that's you know, refreshing, his daughter, Yeah, his daughter even understands him, who, you know, she's kind of like, yeah, no, it's really annoying that mom is like this. If you're cheating, like, mm. you know, I get it. But, <laughs> you know, the 2000 version is very much um, sort of espousing evangelical values so the un thing in both mm. of those movies mm. uh is very much about this idea that any government move towards peace i see uh is bad anything okay. that the government controls in terms of like peace and social justice is a bad thing uh and like charity is for the church it's not for the government to be doing and when governments do it it's a totalitarian fascist mm dictatorship you know it's all very bad i remember when i was in college so i went to a christian college the we had a uh, organization called students for social action and people would deface the signs and stuff and say ssa is ass backwards because you weren't i mean it's clever i'll give them actually accurate <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's true. I, I can't argue with that. But like you're indoctrinated through this stuff to think that 
uh, unity brought about by any of this kind of action mm. um, is negative, mm. is people trying to control is you, this, yeah, is, is, is this going because to bring it, it about seeks, the end times. It seeks to unify people outside of the rapture. It seeks to unify people outside of, of God's plan. Right. Like, okay. essentially, you know, you're taught a hostility towards any form of government uh like intervention in your life in uh-huh. general. And this is wrapped up in decades of intentional strategizing by the Republican party. You know, once the party sort of swapped places mm. because they were kind of the opposite thing in early U S history, but in the, you know, sixties, seventies, eighties, you get this very clear connection, a thing yeah. called the Southern strategy that was meant to appeal to racist whites, gets them to join the Republican party and that is very wrapped up in Christianity. And then this is this hostility towards anything government related that would infringe upon your freedoms. Which and leads you me get to ask the UN being your your which, villain. Which which does lead me to ask Thief in the Night, entirely Caucasian. It was the whitest mm. film. Mm-hmm. Is that is a that movie in the seventies that's entirely white. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, I it's it's ridiculous because that's a time when you really see black people come to the fore in mm. uh, media, right? That's the, the era in which uh, finally black people are able to lead movies and uh-huh. things like that to direct movies. Black exploitation becomes a thing uh, and yet completely absent mm. from this film. And I, I don't know whether that was an intentional choice because evangelicals don't see themselves as racist uh, but I will say, I think most of this cast, all of this cast and extras and whatnot, were real people yeah. in the church. And yeah, you get that That impression. might have spoken to their pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly the pastor. Um, yeah. And particularly the <laughs> fish market combo. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee that was like the actual worship team yeah. of, you know, the church that was, was there. Mm. And so it's a very, yeah, it's a weird, I mean, and that adds kind of to the dystopia too, right? That like weird back of your mind acknowledgement that you're like, why is everybody white? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on in this world that they live in? Mm. <laughs> it's a very weird feeling. But it all, I mean, this leads to, in my opinion, kind of a terrible story uh, from personal friend of mine that I think all the values that this stuff espouses really kind of leads to um, was that a friend of mine from college, her her sister was murdered by her husband oh, uh, and her husband was a CHP California Highway Patrol. I don't know if Chips was ever a show in the Certainly UK. Certainly was. Yep, it was. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Chips is Highway Patrol, California Highway Patrol. So they're basically highway cops. Mm. Um, and so he was CHP um, and they had... They were estranged, and she was dating another guy. Very serious. They'd gotten tattoos of each other's names. Like, they were, you know, once they were divorced, these two mm. were going to be together. He did not like that. He nope. uh, he came to the gym where the his estranged wife's uh, boyfriend owned, you know, and attempted to murder both of them, only managed to kill her and himself. Uh, the boyfriend recovered, but from terrible wounds. And this is a horrifying enough story in and of itself. But what makes it all the worst is coming from this evangelical background. They pretended, the family pretended like this was some weird act of God and never mentioned that he'd murdered her. So like my friend changed her profile picture to a picture of her with 
the murderer and was like, they put a GoFundMe up and they were like, the, you know, they were taken too soon from their children and, you know, they didn't invite the boyfriend to the funeral. Any of this stuff just acted like, you know, this, this was an unpreventable tragedy and, you know, that was it. Try as I and might, it, I can't, I can't make yeah, that work in my head. I really can't make that work <laughs> in my head. This Surely this speaks to what we were talking about last time with willing suspension yeah. of disbelief. That you can't, mm-hmm. no one surely thinks that God's plan involves some nutter motorbike cop walking into a gym and, and killing two people. That's right. God's plan. And if it is God's plan... How can that be what? a loving yeah. God? It makes, you know, and that's the other thing about the difference between Left Behind, the 2000 version versus the 2014 version is mm. that Chloe, the daughter in the in the book and movie, in the 2014 version, she's constantly bringing this up and you're like, yeah, she has a point and they never refute yeah. that, that she's constantly saying to people, if God is so good, why mm. is all of this happening? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the yeah. 2014 version doesn't attempt to answer that. Yeah. Where the 2001 kind of sort of brushes that to the side as just like, well, you had a choice and, you know, you chose wrong. So, you know, it's fine. They take the children, right? <laughs> like the kids haven't reached the age of accountability, as you call it, in, mm. uh, in the church. Uh, so they get to go. Mm. But the rest of you, eh, you're beholden to your choices. And I mean, that's just, I think that things like what happened with my friend are kind of the natural progression of having that kind of When you go right out on that limb and you stick to it. And the idea that, you know, you are like, I think they blamed her a little bit for Mm. dating someone else. You know, Mm. she was technically still married. Mm. And, you know, I think that that they weren't willing to deal with all of the cognitive dissonance Mm. that comes with having a belief system that says one thing and then having something like that happen and step outside of the roles people are supposed to perform. And, you know, you just get this horrific crime and a family who basically just worships the murderer it's mm. but it's very yeah it's you know every time i've seen it's someone it's like get a divorce or something to make you know that work. yeah yeah it's just it's usually blamed on you know well the woman didn't didn't do this thing the you more know, this was the more yeah. that we talk about this i think the more it comes back to the the fundamental kind of paradox i guess that, that i've never been able to get over and I, and I know i'm dumbing this down i'm sure i'm boiling this down i think it's epicurus the epicurean uh, uh paradox that if god is all loving then how can evil exist uh right. and if god is all powerful then why doesn't he stop it you know you can't right. have an all loving and an all powerful god you when know what the answer the to that is mark go on free will okay that's the entire answer that you get is free will because God loved us so much that he doesn't control us. Mm. And therefore we have the free will to choose him or to choose good or to choose evil. And he's not going to intervene to stop us from making the decisions that we make. We're just going to then, you know, have the repercussions of that. And, you know, it says, so, okay. My 2011, it's like, it's, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God is not willing that any should perish. These are all things that are in the Bible. So, so by giving saying... us free will, by yeah. giving us free will, um, Chips coming to the gym and, and losing his shit is God's plan because he gave us free will. Yeah. 
I mean, well, and then you get Romans eight eight Romans eight twenty eight. It's obviously been a while, so my mm. numbers on these things are a little off. Uh, but you know where it says God uses all things for good for the good sure. of those who love Him. Which is often interpreted as everything happens for a reason, which even if you read it, that's not what it says. It says no, no. that bad things happen, but God will use them for good. But the way that Christians tend to interpret that is everything happens for a reason. So something as terrible as that happens, but, you know, God had a plan for that. He knew it was going to happen. He didn't want it to, but he knew it would happen and he's going to have things good come out of it. <laughs> I wish everyone could see Mark's face and posture right now. It's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Apologies. Apologies. I'm, I'm, I'm processing. I mean, look, I mean, this is, this is, this is at times stuff that's, that's, that's occurred to me and that is, that, that, that I've pondered on. Right. Uh, a lot of what, you know, where does, can you have a, a, a kind of a, a can you have predestination? Could God have known this was going to happen and also claim free will? How do they? Predestination how do is not the same thing as omniscience. Predestination means he planned it to happen, and there are denominations of Christians that would say that's the thing. Like you don't really have a choice; you're just sort of rolling towards the mm. predestined thing yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But most evangelical denominations don't believe that. They believe in omniscience. He knows what you're going to choose, but has no hand in actually, you know, forcing you to do something that you're destined to do, okay. which, and I don't want to make this sound like that makes any sense because all of this requires a lot of mental oh, gymnastics. You, you have I'm to telling want you, it. you know, you <laughs> really have to yeah. want this. You really have to want it. And that's what it is. I mean, I yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. it, yeah. you know, when this was a thing for me, I uh -huh. wanted it badly. Sure. And so you kind of, no matter what your brain is kind of doing, you find ways. There's something you can make to fit, sure. Ring it around, mm. and I remember like so many times, just like praying against doubt. I, this like I knew I didn't really believe things, or I didn't feel like <laughs> I was getting any response to prayer or things like that, and mm. just being like, like even praying for future me, for the me that exists now, and being like. Dear God, please don't let there ever be a time where I have rejected this. Nice. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and that I, because I know that I'm prone to it, you know, prone to wander as the, you know, the song goes. And I was like, I know I'm prone to wander. So please, please prevent me from ever being so the you, person who has wandered. Were you waiting for the rapture? You know, I didn't come from a denomination that was obsessed with it. That's why all my stories are sort of other people's sure. stories. Mm. Um, because, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't raised Christian. I chose that for myself when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, out of my immense fear of the universe and death and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so it's a little different for me. But uh, a lot of these other denominations, they were really, they were waiting for the rapture. So for me, I think I was afraid of it. Mm. I had... I was always afraid of it happening and I didn't want to experience it, whether that was being taken or being left behind. I just didn't like the idea of it. Yeah. Um, my husband's dad, one time my husband asked him, this was probably five years ago, six years ago. He was like, dad, what are you, um, you know, most surprised about 
in 2013 or whatever. Uh, mm. And his dad very seriously just turned and was like, oh, I just, I thought the Lord was would have been back by now. And like, that is how they think about this is like, he was supposed to be here. A, a key element of this belief is this constant thought that yeah. we are in the end times. Well, it's like the, it's like the, the, the kid says in Thief in the Night, it could be any day. Any, it could be and any time. A now. lot of evangelicals take that as it's it's now it's imminent yeah, yeah, because yeah. the world is so bad this world is terrible it has to be how long could he possibly wait when mm. this world is a horror show right? mm. like everything is so terrible there are a lot of christians who not only fear it but they want it and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. one of the things like so trump putting the american embassy in jerusalem that's mm -hmm. for evangelicals and he said that recently <laughs> everyone was like he's saying the quiet part loud but that's part of this evangelical theology of like, if, you know, like this central thing about Jerusalem and if there's ever peace in the Middle East, that also will bring about the end times, you know, yeah. all of this kind of stuff. And so a lot of times there's this like politics that's trying to drive towards the rapture because so many mm. of our GOP politicians believe it and they want to be moving towards that end times which is part of why we live in dystopia in america now mm, listen you've done a fantastic job of <laughs> of opening my eyes a little bit to look obviously it's fucked but i didn't realize it was that fucked my god Corey. yeah i really i hadn't thought about this in terms of like oh we're doing a horror podcast let's talk about the mm. rapture but when kevin brought that up i was like this really is such a huge fear yeah, yeah, for yeah. Americans. And then the fact that so when he and I were going back talking about this, mm. uh, he was like, it was weird listening to Mark talk about this and talk about a society uh, that yeah, isn't yeah. informed by this. Right. I mean, look, we, the closest <laughs> the closest kind of um, frame of reference I've got is kind of, yeah, there would be uh, kind of child's Sunday schools and Bible study groups for us growing up. And you'd yeah. go or you wouldn't go and you'd go for a couple of weeks and then just sure. maybe fuck it off. You know what I mean? Nobody was pressurizing yeah. you to go. Um, yeah. But after that, nah, it never, you know, if you if you were churchy, yeah, go to church. If you weren't, don't. There's no, there's no rapture up in here. Right. Up in here, up in here. <laughs> You're going to make me get... <laughs> I just imagined a version of that that's uh, like a rapture-centric one. This is one of the things you've missed out on, too. Um, uh, not being in the Christian uh, subculture is mm. Christian covers of secular yeah. songs where they change the lyrics. Yeah. Oh, boy. It is a genre. If you want to just have your mind blown, look up the band Apologetics with an X. <laughs> and, uh, of course. Of yeah, course it's yeah, with an X. You are, it's truly, truly heinous. Uh, the, uh, there there are some um, Christian metal bands on a couple oh, of playlists yeah. that I listen to. Zayo, some that, that I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Under Oath. Uh, uh, issues like, I listen to, they're, they're Christian. Yeah. Um, yeah um, oh gosh, there's lots of, I, Christian metal is actually, <laughs> listen, they were kind of at the forefront of a lot of yeah, that yeah, yeah. stuff. Look, you know, especially hey, in the like, early aughts. They're passionate, with passion. They do, yeah, and uh, I will, I will never, I, I still listen to Christian music fairly regularly. Not like modern, like the stuff that you hear on Christian radio or whatever, because it's, yep. it's terrible. 
Uh, but like the stuff that I mean, there is still good Christian metal. There's still like you know all this stuff that actually because of that Jesus movement in yeah. this movie, they moved towards playing the kinds of music that yes people liked. You know, propaganda me, propaganda. It is. It's very good propaganda. I always mm. say that I became a Christian because of the band DC Talk. Okay. Straight up. Like, wow. I they converted you, that so band specifically. And yeah, I was like, okay, these, and coincidentally, they did a cover of I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Uh, uh, give so, me that band again. Yeah. What were they called? DC Talk. Decent DC. Christian Talk. Yeah. Oh, DC Christ. Talk. DC Talk. Yeah. But they actually, I mean, their harmonies unimpeachable they are like they were right there in the 90s moment they mm. you know they made good music and that made me like okay i'll i'll listen to this yeah. and then it was like oh yeah i'm on board sure yeah. I, <laughs> I think i think that movie would have been easier to dismiss right as as clumsy propaganda had the guys the quote unquote you know unholy guys not also mm. been decent fellas because they were one of the guys right. was a vet you know they were both kind of um loving this decent is what i'm telling you folks can i tell the... you what my like first like nightmare came Please. from when i mm. i started going to youth group when i was in seventh grade and one of the first times we had youth group at my friend Chelsea's house. She's still one of my best friends in the entire world. Mm. Uh, and I remember we were all sitting in her living room and the youth pastor gave us each slips of paper. And she said, write down what you think you need to do or be in order to go to heaven. This is like wow. my first or second time at youth group. So I mm. have no clue. I'm coming from a completely secular background. Like literally my dad banned us from going to church because my brother went once and uh, had nightmares about hell afterwards. And he was like, nah, you guys aren't doing this. So I'm completely in the dark here. I write on the piece, piece of paper, be a good person. Of course, right? Yep. She goes Seems through reasonable. these slips of yeah. She goes through these slips of paper, and everyone's like, "Accept Jesus into your heart. Accept Jesus into your heart." And I'm like, "I fucked up." <laughs> and I remember, you know, her getting to mine and it being an object lesson. And I felt like everybody knew because I was the one who didn't grow up in church. Like clearly, mm. this must be Corey's slip. Uh, but that she then used that as like the lesson. Like, sure. no, being good is not good enough. In fact, you can get that on T-shirts. You can get mm. that on stickers for your car. Being good is not good enough. Uh, and that that was where my sort of primal fear of all of this came from, was that, like, I think I'm pretty good. Mm. I feel like I would deserve a shot. Wrong. And I'm wrong. If I don't, if I don't accept Jesus, that's, that's it for me. You However, know? you and can again, kill your ex-partner is... and then yourself. Right. But you're but fine. If... You get in. Yep. 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 And I, again, want to emphasize that this is not Christianity across the board. We're talking about American evangelicalism. So, you American know, listening and they're like, hey, what? <laughs> like, I know my friend Mel said she might listen to this and she's from New Zealand. And her ideas of Christianity are completely different than oh, yeah. this stuff. You know, this yeah, was um, not where she I've... was. Up until up until this conversation, I've I've by and large found Christianity quite easy to ignore. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's quite benign. Crack on, lads. If that's what you want to believe, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to get in your face. But this is an entirely different animal. Yeah. 
and it's powerful. It's, mm. you know, it is the driving factor of our government and our politics. Mm. And so all of this bonkers stuff that you saw in that and that I've been talking about is shaping our policy. And so you see when we talk about Medicare for all and all these things being human rights and whatnot, why there's so much pushback against it. It's because mm. these people who are in office right now were kids who watched Thief in the Night and mm. learned that the UN was the My bad guy dogs. who was going to lead to like this red dawn world that they lived in that's that's what informs our politics it's power mm. so yeah not as harmless you. i really have to thank you yeah. for this. um yeah i I'm apologize sorry. and you're welcome <laughs> thank you let's, and uh, yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's as a, a palate cleanser here talk mm. a little bit about movies we like with christian themes uh that are not uh trying to convert us or anything of that nature for me it's got to be frailty mm. have you yeah. seen frailty i have yes and let's by all means pour one out for for bill paxton while we're here Ugh. uh sorely bill missed paxton i yeah. miss him so much i love him so much frailty to me i think i've always loved frailty and then as by the way what we call this uh amongst the group is called exvangelicals there's large groups like Facebook groups, Reddit groups, Twitter. There's exvangelical Twitter. So as an exvangelical. Oh, as in escapees, uh, you know, those who. Yes, who, escapees okay. of evangelicalism. Mm. Uh, this movie is cathartic because okay. right? you're watching, you know, this film about this guy who is a true believer. Bill yeah. Paxton in Frailty is a true believer probably you know schizophrenic or something like that like he's got some form of para paranoia except mm. the movie leaves you thinking maybe not maybe it is yeah, supernatural. yeah yeah it does, it does, uh, does. <laughs> you know, like maybe there's something to this but that he becomes essentially a serial killer as mm. a result of these beliefs and you see the way you know he raises up his kids and tries to get them to believe in this very fundamentalist faith and even when you think the one kid has escaped it it has warped his brain, so no, he hasn't. He's actually completely destroyed by this as well. I mean, there's, there's a so reading of, of classic kind of paranoia movies like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like Stepford mm -hmm, Wives. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. certainly a, a, a reading of, of works like that where you know, if if you're not if you're not in, then you're not you're not going to get raptured. You know, you're not coming with us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nuts. <laughs> It's a floor. horrifying, it's mm. a, I mean, it speaks to like sort of a fundamental desire and need inside of all of us, many fundamental needs and desires within us, but just to, you know, be part of a community, to have certainty about sure. what's happening next, you know, what happens when we die, what happens when you're decapitated. Sure. It's very, in many ways, it's very similar. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it explains it for you. You don't have to worry about it. We know... And I mean, even your questions about that of like, you know, the synapses firing and all that kind of stuff, that's anti, that's anti-evangelical to even think about mm, that yes, because you have a soul and your soul is what is controlling you. So once you die, the soul yeah. is what has left. As opposed to jelly with electricity in it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. At this point, I'm so far removed from all of it mm, that I can see... I can see the crazy, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. that it was it. 
Go on. The disbelief or the skepticism, not even skepticism, the doubt, because that's the word to use for it. The doubts that I had mm. um, were so much covered by that fear of sure. allowing the doubts to, yeah. you know, and come in is, and take over. This is what makes this endlessly fascinating for me, because as somebody so far removed from this, I can... I can, you know, comment and I can theorize and I can kind of wonder and scratch my head and go, oh, that's fucked. But the insight, <laughs> the insight, uh, the, the the kind of lived experience that you bring to this conversation is is worth its weight in gold. I feel as though I've learned more in the past hour about about yeah. about this than I have in... And you've like known that. me when I still believe these things, which is, you know, like, right? and you've never thought that I was crazy. like this is we've known each other long enough that i was you know maybe on my way out but like you know still clinging to it you know it's only in the past like five or six years where i've completely just been like no no not so much Mm. but you know there's yeah it's yeah (laughs) i think that's helpful to sort of look at this and and to humanize the face of this and to realize so much of this comes from you know these are the media texts that children in evangelicalism were getting and then put into these like very uh insular places Mm. like i said last time like when i went to christian college people would not have been able to allow to read Harry Potter. And I was talking Mm -hmm. to a friend earlier about how, you know, uh, I remember when we were in high school, his mom was like, I will not contribute to college if you don't go to a Christian university. And that he then put it, he was like, so then I consciously chose the least Christian Christian college I could possibly go to as -hmm. his act of rebellion. But to keep that sort of insular so that you're surrounded by people who also have the same fear as you do. An echo chamber, an absolute stuff. echo chamber. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, thankfully for me, I had some professors there who kind of, even if unintentionally sometimes, got the got the ball rolling in my mind of like, oh, mm. sounds very weird. But it is funny just to look back and think of like the th- kinds of words and phrases I would use or whatnot or that I didn't think anything of that now I'm like, this sounds batshit. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of them in A Thief I, in the yeah, Night when I'm like... It's... Yeah, uh, such a huge <laughs> eye opener for me because you're right. Nothing about the way that you communicate, nothing about the way that you that you spoke or wrote, gave me the yeah. slightest indication that you yeah. were kind of tapping your watch. Come on, where yeah. are you? Yeah, come on. Uh, where where are you? You come <laughs> it just, in, or... you know, they 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 walk among us. I think it's important to kind of, especially when you're talking about Americans, sort of recognize mm. that that is so built into. Yeah, so many yeah. of us. Yeah, again, it, it's easy to go, cuckoo. But if it's having genuine uh, impact and negative impact on on a the fucking a superpower, the way that a superpower runs, you know, controls their power. the mark of the beast thing that you saw in there, right? Yeah. So when they, you know, on your forehead or your hand or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's been <laughs> translated now into vaccines. Yeah, so yeah, sure. yeah, evangelicals yeah. won't get vaccines. Because, because it's potentially the mark. the mark of the beast. Like it has mm. so many implications. I think I already have one. Actually, I've got a barcode tattooed on the back of my leg. <laughs> oh my god, Mark! What have you done? Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at that. Yeah, no, you are one hundred percent going to hell. There's yep. just no hope for you. I am. If you, uh, if 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 the rapture should take place, uh, give me a ring first thing, because I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I'll check in with you and be like, Mark, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> Let's go queue up for our, our, our branding. Yeah, for the Mark. Like, it's fine if that's going to make my life easier. Forehead, please. For the seven years we're here, sure, why not? Like, what, what else am I going to do about it? All of a sudden, mm. be. I mean, that's the funny thing, too, in these movies is like people realizing that you know they were wrong and the tribulation actually is occurring and all this yep. stuff and then being like well i better worship god now like why yeah. <laughs> like, he already Ship screwed you go do your thing like i don't i don't i don't see myself being like oh thank you daddy just doesn't make <laughs> sense to me it's wild. a thing mm. wild well that was fun yes it was it was uh, uh, again um fun nah i'm gonna push back i don't know if it was but what it was was <laughs> hugely enlightening um yeah. hugely eye-opening and uh you've given me some genuine context for something which you know i i hadn't come to before yeah i'm happy to happy to help what well, i mean it's uh, i think we all all of us who are in the evangelical group always kind of want to explain mm. you know? <laughs> just sort of be like listen i want you to understand understand why i am the ball of anxiety i am or mm. like why things are the way like we just want we just want you to get it mm. uh and a thief in the night is one way to convey mm. that so if you're listening and haven't seen it it's on tubi t-u-b-i and yeah. so you can watch it for free on there um, and i found it on uh amazon it's on amazon prime video in the uk should you oh, wish yeah. to yeah it's uh, what like 2.99 or whatever to Yes, indeed. Two ninety nine, well spent. That's <laughs> two, two, uh, three bucks. That uh, yeah, you, you can't put a price on that kind of knowledge. I will, I will admit, um, about two thirds of the way through, because uh, you know what we nineteen seventy three, um, Texas Chainsaw is nineteen seventy four. I would have loved to have mm. seen those kids going one on one with the fucking Sawyer family man, <laughs> Leatherface. <laughs> they would have given them no trouble at all. Oh uh, man, that's amazing context. Actually, thank you. For that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like you said, you know, these were the these were the cool kids at the time. Yeah, yep. And they it worked. The... It worked on so many people to mm. look like a hippie mm. and you know speak like a fundamentalist, and it lots of people, lots of people joined in. So <sighs> that's how we get America. I need to process and, and <laughs> just kind of Unwind pick through a little bit. Uh, <laughs> everything that, the, the, that we've just discussed. That was intense. And mm. uh, I hope anyone listening enjoyed that. I did. I certainly did. Mm. Indeed. Well, if you uh, enjoyed that, please keep listening to us. Please keep telling your friends because as a small <laughs> podcast with uh, no network behind us, no, no big flashy ads or anything like that, we just rely mm. on you telling people that we're a fun listen. So please do. Tell people about us uh, and share with all your ex-evangelical friends. Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Jack of All Graves. We're uh, we're pretty active on there, and we like to like to chat with people. Oh, I wanted hey, listen, to do not out... do not follow us on Instagram at Jack of All Graves. For <laughs> no, fuck's do sake. follow it. <laughs> <laughs> that, I've, that, I've been getting screenshots from people of that Instagram all week, which is really fun. That is not um, us, or, or is it? But or... someone is following along with us and easing into horror because one oh, of the that's my good friend Mia. Learned... That is my very yeah. very good friend Mia Barnes. Yeah, one of the things that we learned 
last week over, over the course of this past week is that many people enjoyed listening to that who don't actually uh, mm. enjoy horror and just wanted to listen along uh and amongst those people was mia and so she watched beetlejuice and monster house yeah last week she'd seen beetlejuice already uh, and then yesterday I recommended Frighteners because I feel Which like that's a, a good one. Absolutely inspired. I love choice. Frighteners. Um, if you haven't seen, seen Frighteners, Such fix a your life. Film, Watch man. Frighteners. It's Michael yeah. J. Fox. How can you not like it? Uh, and I love her hashtag that she came up with, which was hashtag Elm Street by... What was it? Elm Street by... Oh, my God. Wait. I, I don't want to mess this up. I, w- I would put the call out as well, actually. I mean, this uh, this dive into evangelicalism was inspired by a, a suggestion from one of your friends, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, if there is anyone out yeah. there who's got a particular... Something which still keeps them up at night, something which still... Uh, kind of makes them run up the stairs after they turn the lights off at night. Do please let us know, particularly as yeah. now we're into September, you know, we're counting down to spooky season. I think Corey and I did speak last week that... Um, are we going to show some pictures of some shit Halloween costumes that we've worn in our past? <laughs> right, yeah, and mine are all shit, so it's going to be yeah, yeah same, be same, great. same. That's something to look for on the on the Twitter. Yeah, is, so do uh, please if if you uh, have any of those yeah. pics kicking around, do share them with us. Anything you'd like to yeah. hear us discuss? Anything you'd like to bring up? Yeah, know tell us whatever, because obviously we will talk about it, no oh, matter yeah. what it is. <laughs> uh, and the hashtag was Elm Street by Christmas, and I love that. So if anyone else is not a horror fan and wants to join in. Uh, add us and hashtag Elm Street by Christmas and I will yep. happily and I think Mark will happily give any suggestions uh, to ease you towards that mark uh, by December because I just love that I love that as a thing like I'm, mm. right, I'm gonna build up my tolerance until yeah, I get yeah, to yeah, the yeah, point yeah. where I can enjoy some some Freddy because I think you know probably everyone can enjoy Freddy you just need it, a little training first there is something to love for everyone and uh, yeah. i'm i'm i think i'm i'm a massive elm street nerd right and i don't mm-hmm. want to start talking about it when we're at the end of a cast because i've got yeah. hours and we've already me. promised to do an elm street centric <laughs> episode so yes. that's we will get there did you watch by the way um uh, this is a, a recommendation that i will give on shutter um scream queen the oh, no, documentary not. about uh, the second Elm Street movie. Oh no, I did not actually, and that's uh, it's fantastic. I've been meaning to get to that for such a long time. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It is about the guy who played the lead in the second Elm Street movie, and about yeah, yeah, yeah. basically his, you know, he disappeared off the radar, moved to yeah. Mexico after yeah. he couldn't get roles afterwards because the movie was too gay. In the midst of the AIDS crisis, all of this yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, and him trying to sort of get the writer to acknowledge that he shoved all of that criticism off onto him I instead see. of acknowledging that he'd written a movie that had gay undertones, right? He's mm. just like, oh, my movie wasn't gay. Oh, they weren't this guy even made it gay. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's clear and it's obvious, but he really, he didn't want to deal with that. So he just let this guy, this actor, take the brunt of the criticism for it. Uh, and it is... It's a really, it's a really good doc. So I, I cool. highly recommend it. And it's Thank a good you. way for sort of anyone who is an 80s horror fan to mm. reckon with the, you know, the homophobia and the things like that that were built into all 80s media, really. Yeah, um, sure, sure, sure. And sort of come face to face with that and be like, oh, yeah, that was screwed again, up. Again, context. You, you mm-hmm. know, looking at things through the, the, the context of the modern age 
nothing you can take nothing at face value yeah yeah and i always say you know you should you can love it but you should still be able to criticize it you know <laughs> like yeah, that's of course. Of that's course. always an important element of everything that's i mean i can't remember if i mentioned it before but that's one of my favorite movies of the 90s like the character getting his up come up and says being called the f word so it's mm -hmm. like you know i love it i can critique it mm -hmm. and i still have that movie but you know, I think sure. this this documentary is a good way of looking at that. So Superb. that's my recommendation for the week is Scream Queen on Shutter. Okay, thank you. Um, that won't be difficult at all. Uh, do I have a recommendation for you? No, I don't. Yeah, you I got don't. anything I for do. us? I don't. Is... I don't. Um, I, I like that I... you're actually the film buff of the two mm. of us, and you never <laughs> recommend. I think you're I'm... overthinking it. I might be. I might be. I mean, the only reason for this is I don't. I don't want to uh, recommend something you've already seen. I don't want to recommend anything that's... Well, just for everyone in general, you know? I just watched Color Out of Space yesterday. That was also, oh, that's that terrific. Was also great. Really, really, really yeah. good. Yeah, um, very okay, gross. Okay. Don't watch it while eating, but it's a good movie. Again, great monsters. There's some really good monster work great in that monsters. movie. Some absolutely great absolutely. creatures. All right, so um, uh, watch Head Count. A really, really Head fun Count. little independent horror that I saw last week. Um Everything that I disliked about Harpoon, Headcount does beautifully well. You've got a cast of really young Is it on a boat? Really... It's not boat core, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Um, I'll get over it. It's very... It, in fact, I don't think you see any water. It's very land-based. It's it's a very terrestrial film. <laughs> um, but... Uh, oh, I shall suffer so, through it. Group of kids group of partying kids very cheap kind of kind of been uh, a, an expensive film to make but what it lacks in uh, kind of budget and, and kind of whiz bangery it makes up for in really 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 kind of tense and creepy kind of scares uh, group of kids one of it becomes clear very quickly that there's an intruder in their midst uh, kind of like the thing who is it who's who's not on the level really cool really tense really fun you love it head count shutter I don't believe so no okay so uh, find it elsewhere. Yes. Okay. I'm on board. Good. So again, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will we will talk to you again. Yeah, we will. About something next week. next week. Maybe we'll know more about decapitation. Who knows? But, actually, I hope not. I, I, yeah, actually, I, 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 I hope <laughs> I have nothing new to report on that score. But again, hopefully uh, not just, from personal experience. If if. If you've got an answer, if you've got a definitive answer, you really could solve something that's been plaguing me my entire life. Now, in fact, you know what? If you know the answer, don't oh, tell no, me, man. Wait, yeah. Because if, 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 <laughs> if you solve it, what will I do? He doesn't want spoilers <laughs> on death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want it to catch me off guard. Thanks for listening, folks. Same time next week. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come. You've been left. Bye.